if you're spiritually sensitive what happened during those 3 to 4 minutes in worship in fact everything that was supposed to happen you with me all of you yeah. i like a talking crowd yeah. my 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 wife told me give me a indirect feedback but she's pretty direct she said you know you don't have to keep asking them because some of them will process differently leave them alone but i'm like i'm still trying to get over it i'm working on uh, things but um, but i do believe that your excitement will do much more in the room for your neighbor <laughs> okay <laughs> and your neighbor is also the one who is in the front <laughs> you didn't get the joke it's okay okay so in that span of 3 to 4 minutes there are many things that happen in this atmosphere okay and your victory which god had to bring to you has already arrived to your spirit yes amen we celebrate that what we are about to do now is decode everything to further understanding of what how you'll progress with this victory okay so genesis chapter 3 was 1 I, i i will see how the lord is going to carry us with this the verse one says now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said to the woman has god indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden there are many things people have preached about it so one thing i want you to do is don't get go back to what you already heard okay let's always go fresh okay i have also noticed with myself i was telling somebody the other day that even the old bible i had 10 years ago i've done so much of markings so much of writings that when i look at it my mind can take me back to a location in my knowledge and my old understanding which might not allow me to progress further the bible is a very spiritual book okay before we dive into the scripture many of us have had a relationship with the text of the bible but we got to get into the spirit of the text okay let me say it like this we've had a we had a relationship with the scripture memorizing there is a kind of relationship we have developed memorizing knowing the text which is printed on a white paper right black ink on white paper but what we need to do is not relate to that we have to relate to the spirit of the scripture in fact paul said the the actually paul said that the word the he, i think he he mentioned like this he said the text will bring death that's exactly what he said you know um i i i i'm just trying to remember where it is but he said why he said that is because life is not just in the text but life is in the spirit 
behind the text so every time we read the bible our goal is not just to read our goal is to go deep to the spirit of god where the location is so if we can manage our spirit to be connected with the holy spirit to take us to the heart of god which is jesus and himself and the father and we can hear their words through the scripture it becomes a spoken scripture and that is where we need to get to so really every time you read the word you have to come to the place where we have to say holy spirit speak to us through the spirit of the scripture so we develop a relationship for that development of the relationship actually our spirit will have to be tuned to the holy spirit or else this will be like dead works like like a comic book like a textbook which makes no sense so it's saying that now let's read that first scripture now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which lord god had made now let me tell you this when adam and eve were created god gave adam and eve dominion and god told adam actually adam is the one who named the serpent a serpent um, so every time adam looked at an animal and called its name you know as i said we can relate to it as something like i named my dog this like that but that's not what the bible is actually saying when adam called a name to a living creature is actually calling its old functionality he was calling it how to function how should it be so when adam said something to one animal or a beast he basically declared its whole being okay and when he did that god was training him to function like him image and likeness god was training him to subdue the earth and everything on it and have dominion over it so right now this serpent was under the dominion of whom come on let's talk now adam's dominion but the problem in this first scripture of chapter 3 is that the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the lord god had made you know what is the meaning of cunning huh crafty cunning there is another um uh, if i may say what cunning really means is deceiving somebody can look up that actually cunning means uh i'm thinking this is what it actually means it means to do everything with an agenda of its own to so um can you can you read that one and i've got i know this is not the bible it's just a definition it says having or showing skill in achieving one's ends by deceit that is very deep having a skill to achieve something to one's own end by what deceit deceit means deceiving fooling 
cheating. You know, I don't know. I'm just giving you words. So that is what actually meant. The serpent had a reputation. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting it now slowly. Now the serpent now, the Bible says, now at that point of time, after God created man, man was in the garden. It was no more God's ownership to take care of the garden. Is that clear? It was man's ownership. He became the owner. So it was not God's responsibility to allow the snake or to kick out the snake. That itself is a mighty revelation. That shifted my life. Because every time we want to immediately blame God, why did you allow this? But God is like, this is your garden, my dear. I've given you the authority. I've given you the, the, the power to subdue and have authority over certain things. And in fact, you should be the one who will see what is allowed, what is not allowed in your garden. You are the man who's supposed to say, this is coming in, this is going out. This will stay, this won't stay. You're the owner. What was God trying to do with man was to function like him. Image and likeness. Man looked like God. And God began to tell man, you don't have to just look like me. You have to behave like me. Function like me. That means you need to have your own territory. And I'm giving you a territory called Eden. You know what Eden means? Pleasure. God actually created pleasure for man. And he said, I want you to live in pleasure. That word today is looked very negatively, right? But it was God who created pleasure. He created a place of pleasure. It was full of beauty. It had good looking trees. It had good looking fruit. It had everything, you name it. And God said, listen, you are the owner of it. And you will live in this how you want to live. God gave the key out of his pocket and said, you are the owner, go live how you want. But he still gave him, the only thing God asked was not God was going to dictate them. Do you see the difference? God was not going to dictate Adam and Eve how to do what to do. The only thing God told him was one instruction. This will shock you. Are you ready for this? You know, we, you know, I won't be too long tonight because of the place restrictions. We will have to end it soon and tear down the place. But this is going to help us. This, is, this teaching is rich. I believe so because it's fresh on my heart. So when God gave him all the dominion, ownership comes with dominion. Say it. Your life when you own things, see the moment we mention these words, first thing we think is, I own a car. I'm not talking in that level. I'm talking in another layer, a spiritual layer, owning your own life. God made Adam, but God didn't own him like the way we think God owned him. God didn't say, you have no power for choice. The biggest thing you will see God, God is amazing. He gave choice, free will, do whatever. But he only gave one instruction. He said, don't eat from the tree of 
knowledge of good and evil. That's the only thing he said, don't eat. But the question is this, did God not give Adam the access? See, I want, I want us to see something about God, which is so different. God placed the tree in Adam's vicinity. He gave him choice to rule, have dominion, have ownership. Yet, he gave him one instruction. You know why there was, I want you to connect the dots. Five things I want you to see quickly in this, what I'm seeing right now. Made in the image of God. Looked like God. Walked like God. Talked like God. Now he said, not only those things, external, be like me, function like me. Image and likeness. Wanted him to be like him. So God trained him to name the animals, to, to have dominion over everything. Three, God gave him choice. And God made him an owner. Right? So there are four things, literally. This was how God wanted man to function. And he wanted man to live in this beautiful place called Eden. And I also told you that uh, Eden was the place where God planted a garden. Actually, God planted a garden. Everything man needed was also put in the garden. That's how your life is. Just because you are not, you don't have it yet, doesn't mean God has not put around you. You have to find it. You have to find your breakthrough. You know, preachers use this word like me, breakthrough, breakthrough is coming, miracle. But when God made you in your mother's womb, you know, the first declaration, you know, in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, not Jeremiah, 20, I think Jeremiah 29 says, I have plans. God has many plans. In fact, he has so much put around your life. Even if you lose one, God has already put many plans for you. So in the garden of your life, God already placed everything you need. For example, in Adam's case, there was gold underneath him. He's supposed to drill the gold, take the precious stones. There was a river flowing underneath. There was all kinds of plants. There were all kinds of animals. Everything was there. He was supposed to run it like a system of his own. In fact, he had to turn everything to his profit. He had to do all of that. So God gave him, left him to be his own God kind there. You're making sense? Is this making sense? Now what happens here, this is what I want you to see. When the Bible says, now the serpent was more cunning... There is a timeline. Now the serpent was. Meaning, the serpent was there, but the serpent evolved to become more cunning too. You with me? You with me? This fallen angel, Lucifer, right? Now you see the word, now the serpent was more cunning. I don't want to shift my message. So I'm just, I held myself back going into it. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Meaning Adam had dominion over all these animals. Correct? Yeah. Is this established? Yeah. Yeah. And he said to the woman. So basically woman is having conversation with the what? Serpent. Now, I want you to see the spiritual dynamic here. 
the woman is the one who's supposed to have dominion over serpent okay let me say it like this like the woman is higher the serpent is lower correct like how do i say it subdue in the sense suppress it have dominion god said subdue the earth meaning everything on it this is what god said subdue the earth and all, he named all the animals the fowl the creatures everything god told adam subdue multiply have dominion so he was given dominion it was part of eve too now eve began to have a conversation with the serpent it was a level headed conversation with me it was no more i am the master you are under my dominion and authority it was not this kind of conversation it was this kind of conversation that was the mistake that is why the bible says now the serpent was more cunning cunning means the serpent had an agenda to take something out of even adam he wanted to achieve his own end but the only way he could do is start a conversation not in his position raise himself up to the position where he couldn't say hey now i can suggest you something you know like 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 eve should not have been taking suggestions from an animal she is supposed to be like you are my dog stay like a dog now the dog is talking when did the owner decide to have a conversation with the dog and the dog is now okay now i'm not your dog anymore i am your partner i will tell you about your creator that is messed up so so the, that's what i'm saying let's open our eyes to different levels in the scripture the spirit of the scripture so the this that is why the bible says it was cunning left its place sorry many things in your life should not have entered if you had put those things in its place we are never supposed to allow a serpent to talk to us we are never supposed to have coffee with the serpent i'm just saying you're going to do that but what 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 i mean is you need to know what is supposed to be in your territory of influence you know that you know because the bible says evil um i think is come company corrupts good character i think is first corinthians 15 somewhere but you know what it actually says in kjv the reason i'm telling them to put kjv and nkjv is like because it's closest to those um um translation it says evil conversation communication corrupts good morals are you with me so when you are when you're having a conversation with somebody who is not um of your kind they will shift your identity wow. getting it you are a child of god you're having a conversation with a non believer 
with their ideologies their identity of their whole brought up from their birth to right now where they are they carry that identity of themselves they are never supposed to advise you then you know this is the truth maybe they are a scholar in the world great but they're not supposed to advise you on the things of your god let's make it clear they're not supposed to advise you about the holy spirit they're not supposed to advise you about hearing the voice of god they are not in the territory of influence in your life but the moment you allow that wrong level of conversation you're you're, you're supposed to be looking down and talking instead of that you you allow them to be elevated and they come with that cunningness the moment they speak the moment i think the speaker is clapping for me <laughs> so so the moment you allow those words to come this is why jesus said words the words i speak to you are spirit and life can i give you a key don't worry about what they say worry about who is saying behind those words okay let me say it one more time don't worry about what they are saying worry about the spirit that is coming behind it and speaking through it and what is the spirit trying to tell you or communicate to you because the bible says evil conversations conversations corrupts good character my goodness you know what the bible is saying when you speak there is an exchange of thought to thought spirit to spirit words to words and it is no more just normal because god uses words to create and communicate everything in the kingdom moves through words so the moment you communicate like that you're actually having an input and an output so there is a connection point happening so what god was saying what the word is saying here is the moment she elevated this cunning creature cunning means what to deceive to have an agenda that being came with an agenda to steal to kill and to destroy that's why jesus said this is his nature from the beginning Ooh. you get it jesus looked and when jesus the lord was to disciples he said the enemy comes to what steal kill and destroy no matter how cute the enemy looks he has only one agenda steal kill and destroy so and he also said the lord also said he is the father of lies he moves through lies he is the genesis of lies so that being was rooted in lies was filled with stealing killing and destroying now the question is eve you have dominion over it but why did you allow it to speak to you level headed conversation and the level headed conversations problem is it goes over your head conversation in the sense now not only talking about how is the day how is the weather oh this god that created you what is he thinking of you so that is a problem before rest of the problem follows okay so so i i want to see look at that again um and he said to the woman has god indeed said even before we get there so evil communications corrupt good character character corrupting character can you bring that scripture first corinthians 15:33 maybe 
you know, it's, it's um, let me go there. I think I can read it for you all. Um, just so that you get it, you know. Are you still enjoying this teaching? Oh, wow. Do not be deceived. Do not, it starts with saying, do not, right? be not deceived. Okay, it's KJV. Be not deceived. My goodness. So, are you with me? Yes. The starting point of deception was conversation. Whoa. No, you all didn't get it. Yes. I, I understood you didn't get it. You, can I decode this? You hate me? No. There are no stones to throw here, so I'm confident in the Lord. I tell people on Zoom, you can't stone me. You'll stone your own uh, laptop or iPad or phone. So I don't want to say, go ahead, please keep it safe. Okay. So let me say, the Bible is very precise. That's what I said. Don't relate to the text. Try to relate to the spirit that is within the word. Who is Jesus himself, the word of God. He's the spirit of life. You're with me, right? It says, be not deceived. That is very, very powerful. You know why? Some people think after I have a conversation, if I agree to certain things, yes or no, and if I agree, yes, then maybe I'm deceived. That's not what your Bible is saying. Ooh. Your Bible is actually saying, be not deceived. It is saying the moment you have the conversation, the ideas and thoughts and that spirit has already made an access into your life. Whether you want to keep it or not, it has already stepped in. Into your subconscious. Crossed your conscious. Consciously, you want to say, I reject it, I reject it, reject it. But subconsciously, it's still sitting there. This is how Satan works with temptations. You're with me? His temptations, when he, in, when he introduces a temptation, which is in one of the weaknesses of your area of life, what he does first is he will never come to your conscious because you're a holy child of God, right? You'll say, oh, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Get thee behind me, Satan. How does he start? He sneaks in to your subconscious level where you can, your consciousness is like, I want it or not. Before you decide, he sneaked in with an idea. It's an idea. Everybody say idea. idea. With an intention of what? With a motive to, to deceit, to deceive at the end. So basically, Eve was not deceived after her conversation. Hey, you're not getting it. The deception started when you elevated a serpent, which is like your puppy dog. You're getting it? Which is supposed to be subdued and you're supposed to have dominion over it. And you're supposed to say, shh, no, talking. Stop barking. You're supposed to be doing that. When did I elevate you to tell me about my God? Nowadays, okay, I'll go there later. When did I give you the permission to speak into my life? When did I give you the permission to stand up level-headed? You are a creation and I am the, your, your owner. I'm the, supposed to have dominion and master over you. But when did I elevate you here? The problem here is not they ate the fruit, they gave the fruit. That all followed later. But the first starting point was, why were you having a conversation? With some, the Bible says God was the only one who was having conversation apart from, you know what? Adam, Eve, and God were the only three people who were talking in the garden. Every evening, 
God came to talk to his creation. They walked and they talked. Now there is a new voice. Which is not supposed to be talking. And now it is talking. And she is entertaining it. So be not deceived. Deception doesn't start based on, am I helping you? Yes. Based on what you agreed or not agreed. It starts in what you allow access in your environment. And what you allow to enter your environment has a position in your environment. I'm very careful with my words. To shift your environment. Okay, well, let me say Whatever you allow in your environment has the potential to shift your environment, to adulterate your environment. One more time. Because we are all the products of our environment. You can say, this won't affect me, this won't affect me, this won't affect me, I'm fighting it, I don't care, I don't want to hear this, I don't want to but stay long enough in the same environment. Keep on hearing the same things. Whether you know it or not, it has become part of you. That is why you put a child in a certain environment. And when they grow up, the parents might not intend them to be like that. But when they enter the school atmosphere, there's a different kind of environment. They are still your children. But the environment begins to change them. Now, what is it? They're they're the environment is influencing them, trying to make a product through that environment. So the first thing, before fighting an environment, you got to say, before you resist an environment, you got to see what is in the environment. This is not to put fear. This is to unlock ourselves, okay? So basically, if there is an environment like that, you need to create an opposite environment within your environment. You see what I'm saying? So there are keys in the Bible throughout. God has given us the keys, principles. So if we are all a product of our upbringing, not everybody is perfect. My parents were not perfect. If I tell you my story, you know, half of you will be crying, but that's not the intention. I, I, you know, yes, my environment tried to crush me, kill me, do everything. But when I understood God, you know what I did? I said, I won't allow this to influence me. I'm not going to become a product of my environment. I'm going to change my environment. Yeah. And sometimes change is not like you're, you're changing something overnight. It is just simple choice. Yeah. Which God gave man. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, people. Yeah. What I just said, it is just choice. You got to say this. I say no to it in a, in a way that I won't allow it to access my life anymore. Yeah. You may lose friends. It is okay. You may lose people, you know, it is okay. You know, every time, can I give you one key? Every time you lose something physically for the sake of God, let me make it very clear, you gain something spiritually from God. It's a reality. It's a reality. When Jacob let go of all his family in the natural and tried to cross over alone, he let go and he crossed over with an angel. It's a dimension. It's a dimension when you when you let go of the natural, something spiritual is waiting for you. It might look like a loss in the natural, but the spiritual kingdom works like that. That's why every time you let go of something in the physical, for the sake of God, don't forget that. 
okay something is waiting spiritually to collide with you what you did not see will become accessible to you what you did not hear you will begin to hear because something you let go in the natural now the spiritual becomes pregnant towards you so let's come back here so this is now i said we are all a product of our environment so what do we do to change ourselves even if an environment has caused us to be in a certain way you begin to change your environment with your choices now adam and eve environment was their responsibility they were not supposed to allow the snake to speak okay but the snake spoke give it to me and asked a question has god indeed said everybody say identity you obeying god in your life or let me say it like this your ability everybody say ability ability to stay obedient to god is part of your identity i don't think all of you got it but i'm going to help you because you the more you identify yourself with god kind like you are his offspring everything he tells you to do is second nature to you only when that identity is corrupted you think outside of it and do outside of it so identity is what brings power identity is the root of anointing that is why i said jesus was in the same synagogue for 30 years no demons shook you with me yes but all of a sudden he took baptism john the baptist baptized him heavens opened the holy spirit came upon him and a voice said this is my beloved son a new identity fell on him when the holy spirit fell on him and now the same jesus walks into the same synagogue and the demon say what have you got to do with us son of god yes. where did her identity come before he was acting as a son of joseph but this time he entered the synagogue he was not entering as the carpenter's son same man same physical being same jesus but this time when he walked it was different he walked with a new identity i am a beloved son of god when he walked in like that his identity changed his environment because he began to relate to everything you with me when you shift in your identity your environment begins to react to you differently wow. you with me yes. even though if there is a snake even though if there are demons you might be living with them all of your life okay but all of a sudden you shift your identity as a child of god and you walk in not just saying it but really identifying the identity factor is settled the moment you begin to walk like that now your environment begins to feel your identity and that is why when jesus walked in the demons cried out and said what have you got to do with us we don't want this identity of yours in our environment hey we don't want you to come like this to us you can come as the carpenter's son and i won't care but the moment you leave all that reputation and you embrace the mantle that god has put on you 
the anointing that God has called you with, the Son of God and the Holy Spirit on you, when you come in that way, what have we got to do with you? What have we got to do with you? Your environment will either reject you or fight you or try to suppress you. But blessed are those who know their identity. You won't allow your environment to suppress you, have a level-headed conversation with you, to lie to you or to demand out of you. But you will be the opposite. You will just say, come out or leave my presence. I am not listening to you today, Satan. What I just gave you is a key. Some people say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, anointing come, I need to feel the Holy Spirit goosebumps. But you know what? The day, Satan is sitting and looking next to you and saying, let her do all of that. But let her never realize that she's the child of God and that identity factor. Wow. You know, let her fight from condemnation. Wow. Let her fight from guilt. Let her fight from, you know, low self-esteem. All of that. Let her, let her have all that in heart and keep saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Have the anointing. Have the, you know, blood of Jesus. And then let her speak like that. I will have no effect. But the moment she rises up in her identity, before you can say the blood of Jesus, demons are like, oh my God, the fire is about to hit me. Let me leave this environment. Because you are, hold on, hold on, before you clap. Because you are in harmony with your spirit, with your soul, and with your body. Come on now. You are functioning as one. That is why even God, when he made you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, same way God made us. And they walk in certain, in, in complete wholeness and unity. That's the same way we are supposed to live. What did Satan actually do? He was having a conversation. So you understood how your environment can, can deceive if you're not in your identity? So Eve, what was your problem? You're not supposed to be having conversation with an animal. Right? You can have a conversation saying, how is the garden? How is the fruits? How is the vegetation? Did you get good food today? You know, walking around, did you get everything? You didn't get some grass. I will give you some grass. That's okay. When did you elevate to a level where you're having a eye-level conversation? Some of you are wondering, why is he saying eye-level conversation? I'm going to show you that in a minute. Okay? Having a face-to-face, risen up, face-to-face conversation. And after that conversation, uh, in that conversation, be not deceived, evil, communication, communication. Corrupts, good manners. Oh, good manners. Evil communications, corrupt, good manners. Communication, corruption, corruption entered her spirit. It was not her identity. You ready for this? It was Lucifer's identity that entered her. He adulterated her soul to detach her spirit from God. I'm going deep now. What was Lucifer's problem? He wanted to be like? What is this question here? Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Let's bring it back. Let's Let's bring... Let's bring verse four, okay? Um, Genesis chapter three, verse four. I'll I'll read it. Then the serpent said to the woman, um, 
you will not surely die for god knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be what his agenda was to be like god so out of his identity he spoke to eve and heaves communication be not deceived corruption entered her to corrupt what her identity it was not about authority fruit that's all later but it was a corruption to the identity of her very self of who she was the attack on her dna of who she was and when that attacked her she began to question oh i can be like god that was his desire he released her desire his desire through her just with a conversation so people of god whenever you have a conversation you got to know what is against your identity you get it it is not about the physical aspects of it what not just with people even your thoughts the lies anything that comes to you news whatever it is is there anything that is attacking your identity is anything replacing your faith with fear is anything breaking your trust on this god is there anything that's causing doubt and unbelief to enter you the moment you look at that you got to start cleaning up your environment you cannot entertain it anymore in fact you know what god did after all this happened you know the rest of the story right so do you know it's an identity war right yeah. it's an identity war because serpent had the communi- com- communication with eve the bell headed which brought this whole deception in you know what god did when god began to punish i don't have time to go we will again come back next week not here we are going to another place of identity we have to build our identity i decree and declare you won't be in transitions in your life in your identity but you'll come to your identity you know the thing with us believers who are believing in the lord is we go to this identity and we come back out of it identity one day we are like i am a child of god when something faces we are backed off but the thing is this identity is so powerful that god actually calls us to not be visiting it to be rooted in it in fact satan's power you know where it rests in his identity you're thinking what he's still the fallen angel whom god created with anointing and glory and his his name lucifer means to cover and to have dominion he still believes in it and he still wants to rule the earth with it he wants to cover and have dominion the one who wants to cover but now he doesn't like us trying to cover and have dominion so he comes to take that i told you the tonight that during the first 5 minutes to 10 minutes something happened and radically has shifted for you but what i'm teaching you now is to be very strong with your identity because god this is the nature of jesus when he met his disciples he said let's sit down eat but let's talk Jesus always loved to teach because he wanted to impart what his identity come on now 
every time he said about the father is like this the son is like this he was trying to give understanding of our identity he wanted us to shift from earth level to the heavenly dimension of being sons and daughters he was constantly teaching teaching to build our identity why do we teach and preach the word to build our identity you're ready for this this is i'm still trying to find it um this is what when god comes to adam and eve he says where are you there is so much details i want to tell you but i'm going to take it slow still uh you know they the moment they ate the fruit what happened the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering and and they heard the sound of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god among the trees among the trees specifically trees of the garden that's why all the sunday school bibles you see they show a tree and adam and eve is hiding behind the tree if you just wondered where that cartoon came from guess what the moment they obeyed um serpent's voice the first thing they lost was their covering the glory of god was their covering now but the question is did they lose the glory or they walked away from the glory hey you you you're going to this is going to shock you if you think that the moment they ate the fruit their eyes were opened right that's something that happened but did god remove the glory from them no i'm asking you some serious questions when you sin does god remove the anointing from your life you answered so what goes away from you is your identity that is why you're condemned that is why you're guilty and you feel like you're not good enough ah yeah 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 but the moment you repent you cry you did the 100 rollings on the floor you cried for 5 days and finally your heart you felt you're forgiven even though the pastor preached 100 times you're forgiven the blood of jesus the blood of jesus after all of that you finally realize you're forgiven and then after that you took 5 days to feel worthy and then all of a sudden you're again ready to cast out the demon the question is did the anointing leave when you sin because the bible says the gifts and the callings of god are irrevocable so it is not removed you moved out of your seat of authority you moved out of your identity and you said you're not worthy enough and you dethroned yourself from the high seat and you came down to the enemy's level right that is exactly what happened so did god remove the glory from adam and eve no their eyes were opened and they realized they disobeyed god that is what they realized they understood this was wrong what they did what did they do no first they stitched can i give you something adam and eve were never supposed to be ashamed of each other's nakedness and now we are going deep now okay they should have been comfortable to be naked with each other okay you're all with me yeah. but you know what happened the moment their eyes were opened they even brought a distance between themselves they began to function as two different beings Oof. Wow. Oh, you didn't get it 
even their marriage was attacked at the level one first they were thinking they're one there's no difference no shame no division no separation between them now the moment this thing happened the first thing they thought is you are eve i am adam there has to be a difference so you wear fig leaves i'll also wear fig leaves now we have to cover ourselves what i'm saying is in a very very deep level when satan's agenda enters your life transparency leaves your life are we done we should be close it you're no more transparent you you lose that transparency you lose the oneness you don't want to have clear communication anymore you want to run you just want to run when let me say it like this when sin enters can i redefine sin the other day i made my own definition satan's invitation and i said one more thing now i'm trying invitation and satan's input to your life that is what really sin is satan's invitation and satan's input satan's input in adam and eve's life brought what first they thought we are naked now we have to cover ourselves because now god is no more our covering Oof. they didn't want god to cover them they wanted their own fig leaves to cover them and then they also hid from god two levels of identity when you're strong in identity you'll not run away from god you'll run into god when you're strong in identity you are bold as a lion you're not fearful of your own mistakes actually that's the truth satan will feel very hard to fight an identity rooted christian even if he falls satan will throw all kinds of junk at them they will fall they will mess up but they'll still be standing up and satan is like none of my tactics are working on him you know why because he is not able to accuse him because his power is in accusations his power is in condemnation his power is in putting guilt he's not really that strong to fight you do you know that but the strength comes with accusation with identity issues with all the kind of garbage he throws and that is when we sulk down and he'll have dominion over us but if somebody is not sulking and saying i know the blood of jesus i am washed i'm not saying this is the license to sin no but what i'm saying is if we can walk in our identity and restore our favor with god you're not going to live a defeated life that is why the bible says a righteous man will fall seven times and still he will be standing up and the definition that god gives a falling man is a righteous man have you thought of it because you know why he's still right standing in his identity oh did you get that my words lord jesus give bring some angelic music right now so like, you know right standing a righteous man can fall seven times but he'll still stand up he knows how to still stand up right with right standing with god he's not worried about how he fell he's more concerned about how we can stand back that is real identity so so let's try to wrap it down now so they hid and everything now god comes and god begins to talk to them and you know they start blaming right this happened that happened now god begins to curse right thank you jesus don't miss next sunday to unlock you in a very powerful dimension i i just saw vision and i and i'm so excited for next sunday 
this is not prep to cheer you up i know what i just saw in my spirit you know make sure you connect okay make sure you connect people on zoom we are not forgotten you i'm praying for you when as i'm saying these words when i'm about to say how does god punish adam eve and serpent we feel god's punishment was so unfair right but do you know why god punished in that way he wanted man to restore his identity can i show you that this will change you the way you look at the word of god i don't have time all the way to go in details okay but let's go in a certain way so we can still make peace and leave the room okay yeah women got a certain kind of um god said this is what is going to happen because you did this right but when it comes to the serpent he says something because you have done this watch this you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field watch this on your belly you shall go you shall eat dust all the days of your life so basically you you with me until this moment the serpent that you have seen in the cartoon the serpent that you have seen in the cartoon where the serpent was on the tree and offering telling without hands without legs telling eve to eat a fruit that's not the serpent how he looked he was walking he had legs he had limbs but when god punished the serpent god said no more shall you stand upright i'm cutting off your standing uprightness before man oh you 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 come on another 5 minutes satan stood up and had a conversation with eve now when god came god demotes satan by god god is saying now on you shall be on your belly you will not be straight anymore you shall fall flat to the ground wow wow come on people he demoted satan to ground level because god knew the number one issue was you had a level headed conversation with my son and daughter i don't want you to have a level headed conversation anymore i bring your identity down you will be like the dust which i made them from come on now god made he, the serpent solo he said now you'll eat from the dust where was man made of dust of the ground and hey is there kind of uh, the way god dealt with him god said you had a conversation with my creation i to i today i demote you you will eat the dust you will not even be able to look at their face you will be on your belly rolling on the floor in that level and any time man and woman needs to have a conversation with serpent you know what you need to leave your identity go down on the ground come down to his level and then have a conversation you getting this that is why paul says and the god of peace shall crush satan under your feet because that is his position in his identity but you have to realize something in that scripture that your identity is your feet is above him wow are you all gone to sleep already so your identity has to be above him your feet has to be above him that's why jesus said behold i give you power to tread you are so quiet i don't know 
I, I need at least one witness in the room. That is why he said, behold, I give you power to what? To stomp. That's what you did this evening. I told you to stomp. To tread upon serpents. I, over serpents, scorpions, and over all the what? Powers of the enemy. That they shall not what? Touch you nor harm you. Identity. When Jesus said, behold, I give you power. We are thinking like some gas or something will come and sit on our, right? Some injection will go into your body. He was telling you, know who you are. I've given you power in your identity. I'm lifting you back to be the person whom your feet should be above the Satan, who's on the dust of the ground, who's, who's demoted to walk on his belly. That is the truth. But the thing, you know, what makes Satan so powerful? We will close. Is do you want to really know why he's so powerful? Yes, the anointing of God is not taken from him. He's all that. But the best news is we are also anointed. You know that, right? And we are the anointing from the Holy Spirit himself. Right? That is powerful. There's no match to it. But the problem is Satan has lived longer than all of us. 6,000 years. 7,000 years. And he has studied every human being. He's a, he's a very, very legal expert. He understands people. The problems you have in your life is because you're not understood your identity and Satan has understood your real makeup of how you are made in the world that you're living. He knows your weaknesses, trigger points, what brings your soul down? What will keep your spirit man quenched and suppressed and oppressed? He knows what will take you into depression. What will take you into freedom? He knows all the right buttons. And he has his agents, evil spirits, familiar spirits to trigger all this in your life so that you feel powerless. But a Christian that is rising up in their identity, even if there is death coming to you, living waters will flow out of you. That is why this is an identity war. Everybody say identity war. Identity war. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Can we just give a clap offering to the Lord? The reason...